You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Hello, I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And you're listening to the Australian Finance Podcast. A podcast where we talk about money, finance, investing, and all that good stuff. We're helping you invest your time and money better one podcast episode at a time. Yes, so please subscribe if you like the series. And don't forget you can find us on social media. We're on all the platforms. Kate, where can people go? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Rask Australia. That's R-A-S-K Australia. Mm -hmm. And I'm Owen Rask on Twitter or Owen Rask AU on Instagram. Beware the imitators. People like to copy us. Without further ado, let's jump in to today's episode. Kate Campbell, welcome to this uh, very fine episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Wonderful to be back, Owen. Just for everyone's uh, note, I don't actually say finance, I say finance, but I just thought it would be a bit of fun. Finance. Finance. Mm. Like fine arts, but finance. Um, so today we're talking brokers, Kate. Yes, we're going to be talking about what brokers are, why you need one, how do you choose, because it's often a point of analysis paralysis for many people in our community, and we really want to help you overcome that step. Mm. Last few years, a few hundred thousand people have started investing, which is great. It's good for us because uh, we have a podcast which talks about that stuff, but it also means that a lot of people are making this decision. Again, we did an episode on this uh, over a year ago. Yeah, it was over a year ago now, but lots of things change and Mm -hmm. new options come to the table. So we're going to just sort of do our updated list of some of the most popular broker options in our community, maybe one or two features of each one, what the fees look like at the moment. So it's probably worth noting we're recording this on the 15th of November 2022. Mm, So the fees will be accurate as of today because we're going to get them straight from the company's website. But any day after this, they could be different. So make sure you do your own research before deciding anything based on fees. And that's not necessarily the only thing we'll look at when comparing brokers. We do look at a range of other things we'll talk about today. Yeah, we're going to talk about Comsec, Perla, Self-Wealth, Stake, Vanguard, Superhero, Sharesies as some examples. 
Um, maybe we'll share. I'll, I'm happy to share which brokers I've been using um, recently. Uh, but we're also going to spend a couple of minutes now, just at the start, to explain what a brokerage is. So um, if you've done this before, you can listen through. It won't take too long. Um, and if you're new, this is the next few minutes are for you. So Kate, people have probably heard of this something called the ASX. But what's the difference between that and a broker? Yep. So the ASX is a place where companies like Telstra and BHP can list and allow investors to buy just a small piece of that company. So instead of having to own the whole of BHP, BHP lists on a stock exchange. When you say list, what do you mean? So it goes public. So instead of being a private company, like Mm -hmm. your local cafe that's maybe owned by only one or two people, when a company goes public, it has lots of different shares. So instead of owned by one or two people, it can be owned by millions of people. So there might be millions, hundreds of millions of shares that are available to the public and you can buy just a handful and suddenly be an owner of that company. A small owner, Mm -hmm. but an owner. And so the ASX is the place where that happens? Yeah, so that's our main stock exchange in Australia. So that's a place where you can buy and sell pieces of companies and other things, but we'll stick with companies today. Yep, cool. So- What's the difference between the ASX and a broker then? Yeah. So the ASX is the stock exchange where you can buy and sell, but you can't do it directly through the stock exchange as an individual investor. So you and I, Mm -hmm. we need to get a middle person to help with that transaction because I might want to buy shares in a certain company, Mm -hmm. let's say Telstra for today. Um, I want to buy shares in Telstra, but I don't know who else in Australia owns shares in Telstra. And- So I don't know how to go and buy that. I don't know which store to go to. So I open a brokerage account and I tell my broker, hey, I want to buy 20 shares in Telstra. Can you help me with that? Mm -hmm. And then my broker goes out and finds someone else in Australia or a collection of people that want to sell their shares in Telstra. Mm -hmm. And if our what we want and expect for a price and all that sort of stuff matches, the broker will sit and make that transaction happen. So they'll take the shares off someone else and give them to me and they'll take my money mm-hmm. and give it to the person I bought it from. Okay. So the ASX sits in the middle, the broker goes into the market, finds the shares, assuming that there's 20 shares available for you to buy at the price that you've set and you get the shares. Yeah. Yep. So okay. one ASX in Australia, yep. our main stock exchange, and there's over 30 different brokers. So you get to choose the broker that you want and you can have multiple brokerage accounts and that's that account that will hold your uh, investments as well. So in your brokerage account, you might have your Telstra shares, your BHP shares, your um, any other company shares in there. Okay. And so there used to be, in the past, there were physical brokers, people that you, would, you could go and see. In fact, you can still do this. Yeah, it's you a- can call someone on the phone and say, can you can- find me 50 shares in BHP? And they'll go, They'll go find it for you. Yeah. So those brokers are what we call like full service brokers. So there are some big brokerage companies still around in Australia, but more and more people are taking their brokerage online um, to the tune of, you know, probably a million, maybe more, uh, do it online. And these used to be called discount brokers because they were so much cheaper than the in-person brokers. The difference is an in-person broker can typically give you advice if they're licensed. Whereas an online broker, like the ones we're going to talk about today, these are... Typically, you just go on and you just place your trades like a supermarket online or Amazon or something like that. So, Kate, how do you open one of these accounts? Yeah, well, because it's online and technology has helped, it's really simple now. Once you've selected a broker mm-hmm. that you want to open an account, and for the vast majority, all the ones we're talking about don't have fees. So, you can just open the account 
have a try and without ever buying anything, you can just see if you enjoy the features. So you can just head to one of these that we mentioned today, have mm-hmm. a look at the website. If you like it, you can just press open an account. You're going to need probably a driver's license or a passport. You're going to need a few ID details to put in, maybe a tax file number as well. And then bam, you've got a brokerage account. Some of them, you can do this in a matter of minutes. Some of them may take, you could still get the account in a matter of minutes, but you might not be approved for trading straight away. Yes. So a lot of them have apps now too, which they're very quick. Yeah. Uh, One of the things to keep in mind too, is that you will need money to buy and sell shares. So that's an obvious hurdle. Um, So you can open the account. As Kate said, all of the ones that we mentioned today are actually, I believe, free. I believe the Vanguard one is free to open. Um, All free and... So you can get a feel for it before you even fund it. So you can have the account kind of just sitting there idle until you're ready to go. And that's something we suggest is opening a couple and getting a feel for it, adding some shares to your watch list and exploring all the features before you go ahead and invest on that platform. So you make sure you're comfortable with it. And it gives you a way to compare because you can look at the website and you can see the pretty pictures, but until you open the account and have Mm. a play around with the app or the website, you won't really know what it feels like. Yeah. So, Kate, the obvious question that people always ask us is, how do I pay for this? So, so the broker does that stuff where they go into the market and they find your shares for you and they put it in an account for you. But how do, how do I pay them? Like, how do they get paid? Yeah. So, it's a very inventive name, but it's called a brokerage fee. And this is what you pay your broker for going out and finding a buyer or seller for your company. Okay. And we pay it on both sides. So, I pay to sell and I pay to buy. And that could range anywhere from $3 to $20 if we're buying maybe $2,000 worth of shares. And that's Mm -hmm. the fee the broker charges to go out and find a buyer or a seller for those investments. Yep. So you put in your order, I want to sell 20 shares of my from that I just bought of Telstra. I want to sell those shares for $5 each, for example. I don't know what the share price is. Let's say you say $5. The broker places that order. Um, and the fees on top of that. Yes. So that's important to remember. So say if your broker charge ten dollars for you to do that, that would be whatever the Telstra value is, and that add ten dollars on top. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that some of them have account fees. The ones that we're talking about today, I think only Vanguard has account fees. Uh, the rest of them typically don't, which is a big thumbs up from me because. I don't like account fees because if you're not doing anything, if you're just investing for the long term, I don't feel like you should be charged extra. Um, But we'll get to that in a little bit. And then there's other things where they charge you. They might say, do you want these extra packages? So there might be like some sort of research or maybe there's like special charting software or Mm. they will try and do that like to get you to pay for that, but you don't have to. The, The thing that almost... And I think every brokerage charges you is brokerage fees, as Kate was just saying. So if you place an order for a thousand bucks, you want a thousand dollars worth of an ETF or shares, make sure you've got an extra 10 bucks there to fund that transaction. And the more you buy and the more you sell investments, the more money the broker makes. So they have, in a way, an incentive to get you to transact on their platform more because they earn more fees that way. And so as an investor, we talk a lot about long-term investing. We want to be buying things and holding them for a long period of time. Mm. And the broker has sort of an incentive to get you to act in an opposite way to that and to get you to transact more. So you have to be aware when you open a brokerage account that there's going to be things on that platform, there's going to be data, there's going to be information feeding through that encourages you to buy and sell more often because that's how they make money. Yeah, really... um 
interesting example of this is when you log into your brokerage account, typically what you see on the homepage is the market today. Here's what's happening on the market today. And the simple reason for that being on the page is for you to think, oh, it's up. I buy more. Oh, it's down. I need to sell now. That is your, they're trying to like communicate directly into your monkey brain to be like, go and do something. When all the studies suggest basically that long-term investing, i.e. doing nothing most of the time actually works. So that's why we're a big fan of long-term investing and why it's important just to recognize where these things are coming from and what they're trying to do. Kate, there's one more piece of jargon I want us to break apart before we get into the brokers that we're going to give a bit of a summary of. And this is this thing called a HIN, a H-I-N. People will see this uh, with some brokers when they do their comparisons after the show. Now, there are two different models. So I want you to imagine in your head on the one side, we've got a HIN, H-I-N, and on the other side, we've got a custodial model. So HIN, custodial model, what is the difference? Yeah, so we've used an example in the past with an umbrella. Mm-hmm. And a holder identification number is where your investments are held under a number that is your own. So your own umbrella. Yes. So you've got your own umbrella here and all of your investments through, like say Comsec, are held under a certain number. It usually starts with X, zero, zero, and then a whole string of numbers. Yep. And so when you buy and sell investments, that will be recorded under your specific number slash umbrella. So at the, the company level, so- Telstra would know that you, Kate, are the holder of these shares. Yeah. And when you go to your share registry, you'll log in and you'll use your HIN to set it up and it will tell you under this HIN, you've got all of these investments. Okay. And so that makes it more secure because everything's held individually under your name. So if anything happens to the broker, you can keep holding your umbrella and go and find another broker. Yep. So you can transfer those investments to a different platform. And just so you know, if you're new to this, this is only for Australia. Yes. So overseas, they use the other model. So if you invest in US shares, even if you're in Australia, you're going to use this other model, which Kate is now about to explain. What is a custodial model? A custodial model, it's a bit of a complicated word, but it is where the company mm-hmm. aims to provide lower cost brokerage by using a group umbrella. So you might have thousands or hundreds of thousands of investors with the one all holding the one umbrella. So the company will have one holder identification number and all of their clients will be invested under the same number. Mm -hmm. And so that might allow one Telstra share to be split many ways between customers. So if you're allowed to buy, um, so minimum parcel size Mm -hmm. usually is $500. So if you want to buy Telstra shares, normally your broker will make you buy a minimum of $500 of Telstra shares. Mm -hmm. But with a some of the lower cost brokers, mm-hmm. you can buy like a one cent or $5 of this share. And what happens is the company buys the shares for you and then just allocates it to you. So they record on their end who owns what investments. So this would be like if you had that big umbrella and there's like 10,000 shareholders underneath it, all of their money is pulled together and then they manage their own little database. Yes. Of like, we've got our own database. So they'll have a very fancy technical spreadsheet, which says who owns what. Yeah. Under this huge umbrella. Okay. So, and this is what happens when you go overseas, right? Because that's the model overseas. Okay. So, there are some pros and cons of each of these. I'll just quickly go through them. So, if you have the HIN one, you obviously, as Kate said, you get the direct ownership. The other thing is you can switch because it's like just your number. Yep. You can take your umbrella and go wherever you want. Yep. Uh, So, if you could switch your broker and presto. The other thing is you, you typically get really easy voting rights. So, in this instance... 
you are the owner. So you can log into the AGM when they do their annual meetings. This is the company I'm talking about. And you can vote from there. Uh, the other one is, and then the, 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 I guess the- the I should mention dividend reinvestment plans. Oh, yes. And dividends, you can- you can elect to receive your dividends, which would normally be cash paid to your brokerage account or your nominated bank account. You can get that in new shares in the company. We should actually just quickly bust some jargon. It's going to go uh, off the track here. Kate mentioned something called a share registry before. A share registry is different to your brokerage. This is a different company that manages all the admin. So this would be the common names are Computer Share, Link Market Services, and Boardroom in Australia. These are the three big ones. And you can log in there using your HIN number, which is the thing that we're talking about. You can use that number, log in, you can do your DRP, dividend reinvestment plan. You can set what you want to vote on. You can attend an AGM. You can uh, change your address. You can do email preferences on your notifications. You can say which bank account you want all your dividends to be paid in. That's a different company. You don't select that, you just get the mail from them. And that's how you can verify that those investments are in your name. Yeah. Because you buy them via Comsec or whichever broker, and then you can go into the registry and check that everything's as it should be, and those investments are in your name with your uh, all your details there. Yeah. So basically, what the benefit of this model, the key benefit of this is, you are the individual owner. Now, a lot of the people that talk about this other thing, which is the custodial model, will say, well. It can be cheaper if you use a custodial model, so there's more access. Um, the other thing is you can also invest in more ways and in dif into different things because this, you know, this HIN thing, this holder identification number, only applies to Australian shares because it's an ASX thing. So you, if you invest in the United States, you will not get a HIN. You'll be on a custodial model, and it's generally accepted around the world. So there are pros and cons to both. Um, I've heard someone say that getting a holder number is the the, 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 I guess the the best form of insurance that you should probably never need um, when it comes to investing. It's that sleep at night factor. So some of the brokers that we're about to mention do offer the HIN model and some of them do offer the other model, the custodial model. We'll make it clear if, which one they do when we go through. But keep in mind, any of them that invest overseas, all of them are going to use a custodial model because that HIN thing is only for Australia. And... While we're on that, if you want to buy shares of Apple or Google or any of those companies, you will need to activate the international brokerage part of the account. So there are two parts of the account. There's the Australian or ASX, typically Australian shares, and then there's the US shares. That's a separate thing, but you have to do it once you're in the in the account. Okay, not to bombard people because now we've been through like the the foundations. Let's talk about these brokers. Maybe uh, I will prompt you. And then you can just say kind of what they're used for. Um, and then we can talk about like, I guess, the fees and that sort of stuff. And I'll, for anyone that's watching on YouTube, I'll bring up the video so you can see me uh, on the on the webpage explaining how everything works. Sounds good. Cool. Who do you want to go with? Maybe we'll go with Perla first, sponsor right. of the show. Yes. So Perla is a newer player in the Australian brokerage ecosystem. It hasn't been around for decades. Like. Mm -hmm maybe Comsec or NAB trade, but they really focus on long-term investing. So unlike some of the platforms, they're not shoving what's happened in the last 24 hours in your face, which to me is a good thing. And they focus on long-term sh uh, share price charts and they give you a lot of data. So you can see what other people are investing in on that platform and you can see what the demographics are. So that's quite cool, even if you just want to have a look um, at what other people are buying. Yep. Cool. And um, just on the website, one of the things... One, uh, 
we, we called it a hin before, H-I-N. There's another word which you might see, it's called chess. If it says chess, chess sponsored, that's basically in, meaning hin. You get that individual number. Okay, so that's Perla. And the fees on Perla, Kate? Oh, well, I've got it up in front of me. So a flat fee of $6.50 mm -hmm. per transaction to buy and sell Australian shares. So if I wanted to buy Telstra shares again, as our example, it would cost me $6.50. So I'd need my 500 bucks plus my $6.50. Yes. And the same is when I same when I sell. Uh, so that's pretty pretty simple. They do have a thing where you can prepay and save 15 15% uh, to get it down to $5.50. Um, yeah, if it's if you prepay, it's pretty simple like prepaying for your coffee yep. in the morning. They offer you can also do US investing if you want to, so that's something you can explore. Mm -hmm. um, they do offer a holder identification number, so that's mm -hmm. great. And they offer automated investing, so you can set it up in the background if you want to. Yeah, which is becoming more popular. Um, maybe now, uh, so so just for, for clarity, again, Perla is a long-term sponsor of the Australian Finance Podcast. We're not paid to mention them in this episode, it's just us just talking about brokers. Uh, so that's that's Perla. Uh, another one, Kate, that's popped up recently, which if you don't mind, we can jump to now, which is Sharesies. Mm -hmm. Can we jump to that? Because um, they also offer something like the kind of like auto-invest type thing. Yes. Um, that, and we're, we're fans of auto-investing because it takes the, I guess, the need to have to log in and the behavioral things out of the mm -hmm. market. You can just kind of like let it run. So tell us a little bit about Sharesies. Yeah, so Sharesies started in New Zealand about six or seven years ago now. Yep. Um, they've expanded over to Australia in the last couple of years and they're offering really low-cost investing. They have automation on shares and ETFs. They allow you to buy Australian, New Zealand and US shares, I believe, all in the one platform mm -hmm. and they've got a quite a good app. Uh, so their fees are 0.5% yep. for amounts up to $3,000. So if you wanted to buy $2,000 of Telstra? Yeah, it'd be about 10 bucks. So it's it's a different model. So before we were saying how it's like a flat fee with Perla, with this one, you pay a percentage. Which means if you're investing $5, it's only three cents. Yeah, it's a lot less. But if you're investing more money, like five grand, then it becomes more expensive. So that's kind of the key distinction on the fees there. But the other distinction, Kate, is the, the HIN, the holder identification number. Yeah, so this Sharesies is a custodial model, so a group umbrella, like we mentioned before. Okay, so a group uh, umbrella, but they're very big uh, in New Zealand. Um, hundreds of thousands of users uh, are on Sharesies. How about then, let's go to the big mama. Let's go to uh, Comsec, Kate. Comsec has been around for a long time. That logo looks familiar. Um, tell us a bit about this. Yeah, so Comsec has multi-decade track record. It's been around for a while. It offers mostly everything you can want, but because it's been around for so long, uh, the fees are a bit higher and they haven't had to compete too much. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they're still Australia's biggest broker. Yeah, they are by far. I think over I think over 50% of the market still use Comsec. Yeah. So, I mean, I started off with Comsec just because I had a Dolomites account as a kid and it just seemed like the natural progression of things when I was 18 and had mm -hmm. no idea. I just sort of naturally went to Comsec because I didn't know what other options were out there. And seven, eight years ago, there weren't as many newer brokers available. No, they weren't available. all the ones that we've got now. Um, so from what I've seen, the app works. Um, I like their watch list features. 
they've got good notification features. So I still use it for research purposes and keeping track of companies. I don't use it as much for investing because the brokerage is a bit higher, mm. um, but it's nineteen ninety five if I wanted to buy $2,000 of Telstra. Yep. And they have this thing, when you set up your account, you get something called a CDIA. CDIA. If you get confused by that, just it's a linked bank account. So it's where you put your money into. And then when you make your transaction, like you buy Telstra shares, that's where the money gets pulled from. And the whole idea is that that's a ComBank bank account. So they're trying to get you in the ComBank ecosystem. Yeah. So they make it a bit better for you to do that. Mm. Um, but they, I mean, if you're a serious investor, Comsec has so many bells and whistles. Like for people like you and I, Kate, which, like this, we would only use 10% of the functionality if that, maybe 2%. Um, yeah. They offer a lot of so other much. investment products that you might not necessarily be able to invest in through other brokers, but they're probably not things that Owen and I would use. Yeah, that, there's a lot of things here. Like you can even invest in debt uh, products, margin loans, options. I mean, very few people would want to be involved with some of that stuff. So, um, I mean, good on them for having that gigantic menu. But yeah, it's- yeah, and you can access quite a number of global markets. The functionality is not amazing, but there's some markets that you can access there that you can't really access through many other brokers like the London Stock Exchange. Yeah, let's be honest, that international brokerage part is ugly. Okay, so um, another one uh, which is really popular amongst the Comsec community is Selfwealth. Full disclosure, Selfwealth is a sponsor of our Australian Investors podcast. Uh, it has been around for quite some time. We are yeah, we're, it's a long-term sponsorship. Again, we're not paid to mention them in this video. We're not paid to mention any of these things in this video. Should we also mention that Commonwealth Bank listed company, Selfwealth is a listed company as well on the Australian Stock Exchange. So you can buy Selfwealth on Selfwealth and yeah, so what CBA Kate, on Comsec. So what, what Kate mentions, what Kate means there is Selfwealth, the company itself, <laughs> is actually something that you can invest in if you want to. Just like Combank owns Comsec, you can invest in Commonwealth Bank shares via the Stock Exchange. Yeah. Whereas these other ones... Uh, they're not. It doesn't work that way. They're different. Um, they're, they're private, private co- companies. Private companies. So they in- have shareholders, but members of the public can't necessarily invest in them. Yeah. In the exception of Vanguard, they're actually member owned. So they're owned yeah. by their um, investors. But okay. So Selfwealth, uh, tell us a bit about this business, Kate. Yeah. So Selfwealth's been around for a while now. It's fairly simple to use. You can access Australian and US markets. It's nine dollars fifty for a flat fee if I wanted to buy $2,000 of Telstra. Mm -hmm. So it's very clear pricing. It's not a percentage. Yep. So that makes that quite easy and uh, has lots of portfolio research tools as well. Yeah. So a lot of people will know that I uh, host uh, the Self-Wealth live show. Basically, Self-Wealth set up to be a competitor to the major banks by offering fixed fees, transparent pricing, uh, very simple. So that's why a lot of um, people with larger balances like it because yeah. it's like Comsec but fixed fees. Yeah. So the, the pricing page, I'm just looking at the self-wealth. It is very short and simple and clear, whereas Comsec's pricing page, because they offer so many different types of investment products, is quite long. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, And you can tell by when you go to the pricing pages, which if you go to a particular broker, who do they compare against? Yeah. That's that they're telling you who like swap from them to us. And in the case of Selfworld, it's got Comsec right next to it, yeah. so it's saying come across. Um, so another one, Kate, which is not as popular in our community, which I'm surprised about, is Superhero. Superhero has a cool sounding name. Um, it offers a lot of kind of really good user interface type stuff. Um, the website's very sleek. Uh, it's 
it offers a lot of products as well. So tell us a little bit about this. Yeah. Well, I haven't personally used Superhero, but it's sort of it spent a lot of money on advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've seen it around quite a bit, but it is more focused on investing via the app. It's simple, lower cost. It offers Australian and US. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, it is a custodial model. So group umbrella, you're not getting your own holder identification number. Uh, and they also offer a super fun product. Yeah. So the, the business is trying to bring down the cost of brokerage to try and open it up to everyone. Um, and they do some things, cool things with ETFs as well. So uh, there are a few, like if you just, if you read through, you can actually see how they're trying to bring down the cost for certain types of things. Um, I, I must admit, I did see the advertising when I was in Sydney, Kate, it was on the side of a bus. Um, they've got a, looks like they've got a, a little bit of a link up here with um, Qantas Frequent Flyer. Yeah, so what have we got? $5 a trade for Australian shares on their platform. Yep. Uh, And so a lot of the, just so you know, if you see something that says $0 brokerage, I'm on the superhero website here, I can see that. uh, They're not the only ones that say $0 brokerage, particularly in the United States. Um, A lot of them make money, and I don't know exactly with um, superhero in this instance, but a lot of them make money when you transfer currencies. So before we were saying how it's typically just brokerage here in Australia because you're just buying in Australian dollars, you just go in and buy your Telstra shares or whatever. But when you transfer your money from Australian dollars to US dollars, like what happens when you have to buy Apple shares, for example, you have to buy them in US dollars, makes sense. Um, They'll make money when you transfer back and forth. So that's another fee. If you are setting up a brokerage account and you're thinking, I only want to invest in US companies, you really want to pay attention to that fee. So take your time and make sure you're doing that transaction at the right time as well. Um, So Superhero offers a lot of functionality, Aussie, US, ETFs, all the stuff that you would expect. Another one that's kind of in that vein, Kate, is Stake. Stake's probably taken, of all these brokers, probably taken the Australian market by storm. Uh, tell us a little bit about the business. Yeah, so I've tested Stake a little bit myself because I originally used it for US investing, mm-hmm. but they came out what, a year or two ago now with Australian investing. So they actually started kind of the other way around. They started with US. US first. US yep. first and then did offered Australian investing. So it's $3 brokerage flat fee at the moment. Yep. Which it, it has changed a little bit from time to time, hasn't it? Yeah, so they I think when they first came out to Australia well, not to Australia, but to offer Australian investing. Uh, it was $0 for a while to get people onto the platform, but it's $3 now. Yeah, they had this super um, loyal like uh, loyalty program where you could refer a friend and you could get it for zero for X number of months. And Yeah, the loyalty program's still going, but they started off with $0 brokerage. So. Right. So they, they split their, they've got the Aussie side and then they've got what they call Wall Street. Wall Street just means US. Yeah, so it's quite easy in the app to toggle between the two. Yeah. If you've ever been to Wall Street in the US, by the way, it is incredibly boring. People think it's like really glamorous and ritzy. It's not. It's really just a dark street in New York. Um, there's nothing really interesting at all about it other than it's called Wall Street and there's a bull there. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, stake's fairly <laughs> simple. I'd say yep. it does encourage you to trade a bit more. There's a lot more data of what's happening being fed in and uh, price movements and you can see different types of charts mm. and things like that. So... Yeah, and they have offer, when you log in now, they also offer research and that's, you can get like a subscription in there as well. But the thing for me, Kate, and this is just me speaking for myself and my own personal preference, I don't care about brokerage, to be honest. It's at a point now where I am not price sensitive. So 
if you're trading, uh, you know, five hundred dollars, then maybe you really want to pay attention to it. But if you're trading a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars, to be honest, I actually see brokerage fees is actually a good thing because then you know who you're paying, mm. when you're paying, and it also creates a bit of a barrier because it's stopping you from trading so often. <laughs> like if you think about it, if it's expensive to do something, you just avoid doing it. Yeah, so, I mean, 1995 <laughs> did make me pause when I used Gomsec, whereas maybe $0 with some of the US investing, I have noticed the psychology is different. It is easier to just go, oh, I'll just put 50 bucks in this company because it's $0 brokerage. doesn't matter. Uh, the only thing that you've got to keep in mind is the huge admin that you'll have at the end of the year when it comes to tax time. And also, if you've got taxable gains or losses, that's all tax you have to pay. Yes, so there's a lot of downsides to doing too much buying and selling, apart from the fact that you're going to pay potentially more brokerage. Yep. So we've gone through, we've done through Perla, Sharesies, we did uh, Comsec, Self-Wealth, Superhero, Stake, and now the last one, Kate, is Vanguard. The name that people know for ETFs and index funds, Vanguard has a brokerage that you can use? Yes. It has started in the last few years offering a platform that individual investors can actually go and buy Vanguard products on, among other things. So not only can you buy your VAS ETF um, through any broker that you want, so you could buy Vanguard ETFs through Perla or through Comsec, you can also buy Vanguard ETFs and other ETFs through Vanguard Personal Investor. So you set up an account with them Now, they've just changed their fees again. So, they've been playing with the fees to work out, I think, the right product market fit in Australia. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, you don't have to pay any brokerage fees to buy Vanguard ETFs. You have to pay to sell. Okay. Pay $9 to sell a flat fee. And if you want to buy shares, which is more what we're talking about in this episode, is a $9 flat brokerage fee to buy and sell Australian shares. Okay. So, yeah, the thing for me is there's the there's a, an account fee. Yes, that's a, so it, a uh, little the, sting in the side. Yeah, so it's got this thing in the headline. It says $0 brokerage, and then there's an account fee. If you have Australian shares in that account. So if you have Telstra mm. shares in your Vanguard personal investor account, you are going to pay an annual account fee of 0.1% per annum. Now, there's two sides to this. One side is they're basically forcing you to use their platform only to invest in their funds, which they then collect fees on. So that's the cynical side is like, imagine if it wasn't Vanguard, imagine if it was another provider did this, the whole industry would be up in arms. But because it's Vanguard where they typically have really, really good ETFs and really, really good everything, um, we kind of just accept it. But I don't really like the 10. Yeah. The account fee only applies to the Australian shares portion shares, of your account. ETFs. So if you mostly had ETFs, the account fee would be quite small if you only had $1,000 of Telstra shares Absolutely. in your account. But we don't really like extra fees if we're already paying $9 brokerage, which is quite comparable to other brokers. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. If if Vanguard, if it's that small, the fee, I guess the, the counterpoint is just get rid of it. <laughs> like, then they might. I, I, I think they will in time, to be honest. But I think for now, it's a good thing because it kind of pushes people into diversified ETFs and that sort of yeah. stuff. And I like that it's free to buy Vanguard ETFs and then cost to sell because that Again, changes your psychology when you approach investing. And to be honest, I think that's the whole point of the fee as well, is yeah. to try and get you into their funds, which are diversified and, and so on and so forth. Um, we probably should mention that 
as far as I know, Vanguard used the group umbrella yep. method. So you a don't group- get the hint. No. Yep. So it's all held in this account, which but allows them to do different things. So you can also invest in Vanguard managed funds through this personal investor account, So which you wouldn't necessarily be able to do the same way if they issued you a holder identification number. Yeah. So just so for people that are, this is their first time on the podcast, a managed fund is just like an ETF. Think of it like um, a ready-made basket for you. Uh, that is already made for you. And normally you wouldn't be able to buy that through a brokerage account, but because Vanguard has the platform, they can just do it online for you and you can invest that way. Whereas in the past, you'd have to fill out paperwork and all that sort of mumbo jumbo. So those are the those are the those probably the most popular brokers in our community. There are a lot more. There's Westpac, there's NAB, there's CMC Markets. There are a heap of others, Kate. And I think the key thing for everyone today is just to remember... What we talked about are things like uh, how you use a brokerage account, being wary of how they're trying to maybe get you to trade or not to trade. In this case, you can see Vanguard is saying, don't trade, (laughs) which is a good thing for us. And then other ones, you can see they're trying to set you up to make you trade, which if that's your investment strategy for some of your money, cool. We don't advocate that for a lot of it, to be honest. Uh, And then the other thing is like, do you want a, a hen, like a what they call chess sponsor, where you get that individual umbrella, or do you want to be under everyone's umbrella? Everyone's umbrella model is very common overseas. Uh, and then it comes down to what's the user experience? Do you like the platform? Uh, it, all of these brokers that we mentioned on the show today had have AFSLs, meaning that they are regulated in Australia by ASIC. That's the regulator of the financial services industry. So you can rest assured that someone is looking at these platforms and regulating them and making sure they're doing the right thing. If your broker goes bust um, with the HIN model, it's easier because you you own have a direct line of sight to the shares. Even in a custodial model, you know it, we haven't had this happen in Australia for quite some time. And even under that model, it shouldn't be you know, a situation where it's yeah. catastrophic. It might just take a bit more time to sort things out. Yeah, exactly. So brokerage accounts are regulated. They're insured. They do all the right things in Australia. Um, always pay, pay attention to the T's and C's and the, the product disclosure statements for different and, products. Yeah, and especially if you decide to use the US side of the broker, which most of these offer a US option, yeah, the fees will do. be yeah. different. And you need to be keep in mind that there'll be separate fees. There'll be the brokerage fee and should check whether it's priced in Australian or US dollars because that changes things. You don't mm-hmm. want to be comparing 650 Australian versus another platform 650 US and think it's equivalent because yep. it's different. And you also want to be looking at that exchange fee. So what does it cost to move your Australian dollars that are currently sitting in your savings account into their platform? Because they'll take a cut as you move it from Australian to US dollars and that cut will be different depending on which platform you choose. And that's the way a lot of these brokers make a lot of their money. One final thing that I said is say it's a bit of a nerdy thing. Some of the brokers, if you set up a bank account when you go through, which most of them you do, um, check if there's interest paid on your cash. A lot of the time you don't get the interest, they collect it. So that's another way for them to make money. Uh, some of the brokers will pay you interest or you can just not put your, your cash in there. Just yeah. keep your cash in your bank account until you're ready to buy and sell. And you can have multiple brokers. Like I use a few different brokers. So yep. I'll use one broker for my core portfolio that's got all my long-term ETFs and a few of the shares that I plan to hold for a very long period of time because I don't want to be having that on my phone and looking at all the time. And then I use a different broker for US investing and for 
small caps or more short-term investments mm. that I potentially want to play a more active role in. And I have a different psychological approach towards the different brokerage accounts I have. So it, it helps me to keep things separate. I know some people are quite fine having it all in one spot and they can differentiate it in their mind. Yeah, agreed. Um, I use the Comsec app for news and alerts. I use Perla for the automation. I haven't used Vanguard. Stake, I've got uh, downloaded the app. I've used it. It's really easy to use. And Self-Wealth, I use for data and that sort of stuff. And um, I'm sure sooner or later I'm going to get one. I actually downloaded the Sharesies app the other day. Um, and I'm sure eventually I'll get some sort of Vanguard account as well. Uh, so... What we mean to say is you can choose any of these and go and give them give them a shot. Yeah. Uh, and let us know what you like. Like in our community, it's because our community has got to a certain size now, it's what is in our community is basically a representation of what we're seeing in the industry, which is like Comsec, Self-Wealth, Pearl, Estate. Like it goes in that kind of order. Um, but there are heaps of great ideas out there. I would just stick with the brands you know, uh, look at look at the the website, get a feel for the app before you put money in and you'll be off to the races and investing in a few days. Yeah, just just That's give it. it a go. Don't let this step hold you back from just taking that first first step forward on your investing journey. Agree, agree, Kate. Uh, well, this is heaps of fun. Our most popular question always is, which broker should I go with? We're not telling you which one to go with. We're just trying to help you uh, navigate it. Uh, yeah, talk to your friends about it. Share this episode with them if they're looking to get started. Kate, heaps of fun. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. 
simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.